0: This is Geek Gab with your host, Brian Nehemiah, and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. That's right, Geek Gab for Saturday, May 14th, 2016, episode 53 Civil War. So, I have to confess something to you, our loyal audience, while I take a sip. I guess after I take a sip, because it's hard to confess things while I'm taking a sip. If I could do that, I'd be a ventriloquist in Las Vegas and making a lot more money than I am at this moment in time. I have to confess something to you, our loyal listeners. Before the show, I was mean. I was rude. To my fellow Brian Nehemiah, so I need to take this chance, take this opportunity to say, I apologize for cutting you off earlier. I just, I want to save all of that excitement that was in your voice for the audience. So you can come to the audience fresh and enthused, just as if you were introducing the subject to your co-hosts for the
1: very first time. So, Brian, how was your week? My week was phenomenal, and I don't use that word lightly. And, and by the way, in, in regard to cutting me off, take heart, I absolve thee, for it was with good purpose. I'm, uh, I'm fully behind the, the, this new uh, podcasting philosophy, of just saving all your best stuff for the audience, because that's really why we're here.
0: You had a big announcement this week or something I heard, maybe, right?
1: Correct. So, Larry Korea, the international lord of hate, the speaker to manatees, he has decreed that there shall be a book bomb for my first novel, Methereal, on this upcoming Wednesday, the eighteenth of May. That is big,
0: big, big news. I'm excited for you.
1: Thanks. I, I am. I I do appreciate it. Appreciate. It. All your support, that of all of our listeners, of course, the Monster Hunter Nation. So uh, I should probably explain to our audience how Book Bomb works for those who are unfamiliar. So Amazon, as you may or may not know, which is... I want to take a step back. Go
0: ahead. I could be wrong. It could be that most of our audience is familiar with Larry and uh, how popular he is currently. But if you're not, Larry is one of the fastest rising stars... In sci-fi fantasy, Um, he's a great guy, great, great guy, and he has a huge audience. And so once a month, he does these book bombs so he can put the power of his huge audience to work for authors who are themselves brand new or up and coming. Um, Yeah, a friend of the
1: show, Nick Cole, a friend of the show, Nick Cole, said on Facebook that a book bomb is like BookBub, but it actually works. So it
0: is, it's a, It's a great, great, uh, I think it's a very, very generous thing that he uses the platform he has to help uh, highlight other authors to help give them a kick up. And you may ask, were you asking anything? You might ask, well, how exactly does a book bomb work? Well, for that, we go to our expert book bomb correspondent,
1: Brian Niemeyer. Thank you. So. As you guys may know, Amazon.com, largest book retailer in the world, my main retail partner, okay, they rank the various titles on their website. So the lower the rank, the better. So you, know, you wanna be in the top 100 selling books on Amazon as opposed to the top 50,000, which is roughly where I am right now. Now the way they determine the rank is with a rolling algorithm that takes all sorts of metrics into account, like how other books are doing, how many reviews a book has, how recently it had a sale or review, but mainly on sales. So what Larry figured out is if you can get a large number of people to all buy the book on the same day, it will massively, massively lower the books rating. It will cause it to plummet. So, As a result, Amazon's algorithm itself takes over and starts promoting the book to Amazon users. you can just wind it up and let it go. And more importantly, as Larry says, the author gets paid, which of course is always nice. So how does one participate in a book bomb, you might ask? Well, it's very simple. You don't have to actually visit Larry's blog, although you should because it's always engaging and interesting. All you have to do is purchase a copy of the book in question, which in this case is mine, on the designated day. And that's it, you, you have book bombed and ethereal.
0: All right, so that's uh, the 18th, which is in four days, Wednesday. Correct. And uh, feel free to join in and. Take a look at the book bomb. It, uh, uh, I'm excited about it. Um, and I am, uh, I, don't, I don't have anything else to say about it. It's great. It's congratulations. Here's the thing. To be picked for a book bomb, it's not like Larry goes out and says, oh, you're a, an aspiring author. I think i'm going to book bomb you larry actually reads the book and decides if one it's high enough quality and two if it's something that his audience would tend to like and so he exposes them to books and he thinks hey this will be something that you'll think is cool so being picked for a book bomb by larry means he thinks that you're a good enough writer that he's willing to put his name on making uh, on your book and here's the other thing at one point in time This aspiring author was selling their book independently at conventions. And Larry ran into an editor he knew and said to this editor, this woman, she's a female author, has a great book. You guys ought to buy it and publish it. And the editor says to Larry, will you book bomb it? And Larry says, yes. And the editor picked up the uh, novel and added the writer to their uh, publisher. They started publishing that writer. So just on the strength of Larry saying he would book bomb the book, they decided, and I
1: don't know which publisher it was. It was uh, Kevin Janderson's Anderson's Wordfire imprint. Okay. Just based on Larry's, Say
0: so that he would book bomb it. They were willing to take a chance on a brand new author. Mm-hmm. So, if you have not, as of yet, been interested enough in Brian's work to read it, this is a massive vote of confidence from Larry Korea, the international lord of hate.
1: Long may he reign. I'm just super, super grateful to Larry. And the Monster Hunter Nation and all of mine, his readers. I mean, this this is a big deal. I worked really hard to get here, but uh, could have done it without you.
0: All right, on to the main subject. We got two things we want to talk about today. Um, in addition to the mega big announcement, and the first one of which was Civil War, Captain America Civil War. And I thought it would be an apt. Uh, discussion because one, I just saw the movie for the second time on Thursday, and two, I now have a very very strong opinion about which side of the Civil War
1: I would back. Oh so, my! <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think we're going to have a huge disagreement. You, you guys might actually witness a Civil War on Geek Gab tonight. So strap in.
0: <laughs> and I have a very very simple explanation for what uh for why i support team captain america and it is this no one wants to give the united nations control of a hulk is that your opening argument no that's my entire argument It is 100% convincing. You cannot trust the United Nations with control of a Hulk, much less a Vision, a Scarlet Witch, or a Thor. Now, Thor is problematic anyway, because he's technically the sovereign of a foreign territory, an extraplanetary entity, and so could not come under the jurisdiction of the United Nations anyway. But, uh... No one in their right minds wants the UN in charge of Vision, the Scarlet Witch or Hulk. And and let's be let's be honest, folks. Even a Captain America, even a Iron Man, Captain America, or War Machine is kind of questionable. You know, your 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 C-list Avengers, your Hawkeyes, your Black Widows, they're not so much of a problem. But your main heavy hitters. Big
1: big problem. I rest my case. Okay, I'm gonna explain why you're wrong. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I can understand people being skittish with having the UN in charge of a Hulk. Let's just let's stick with your strongest premise, okay? Because I mean, we we all know the Hulk is by far the biggest
0: elephant in the room. The last so. time I was in New York, I kind of
1: broke pause, pause Harlem. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's why they keep referring to, you know, tongue in cheek uh, and first season of daredevil. So yeah, it, it, the Hulk is a walking through a nuclear device. He's capable of a comparable amount of destruction to a nuke. And that was the argument. The general Ross, Made in the movie. And that argument is equally convincing, if not more convincing. So, okay. No, we might have reservations about trusting a, a bunch of functionaries and Quislings with the Hulk. But we can't trust the Hulk with the Hulk. That's the problem. So, here's a question Do you want someone walking into your son or daughter's school, carrying a suitcase nuke on his own recognizance, even if he has the best of intentions? And I posit that only someone completely insane or responsible would answer yes. Well, you also have to remember
0: that these, the same people who wanted to nuke Manhattan to deal with the Chitari invasion, not only wanted to, actually physically did launch a nuclear weapon at Manhattan. They were going to wipe Manhattan off the map in order to deal with the Chitauri invasion. And two, these are the same people who allowed Hydra to compromise every single level of government from top to bottom, presumably including the UN, and who still to this day Hydra has not been yet rooted out. Although that might have been taken care of in the last few episodes of agents of shield there were signs that the remnants of hydra had been largely eliminated so yes you can say we can't trust the hulk because he's the equivalent of a nuclear weapon the hulk doesn't trust the hulk you clearly can't trust the people who wanted to literally nuke manhattan even the hulk wouldn't have caused as much devastation to manhattan as a literal nuclear weapon and that is i think where where the analogy is a little bit flawed the hulk can cause a lot of damage and depending on what plot line you're looking at even and i haven't read these so i'm i'm not well versed on a comic book hulk in the most recent world war hulk issue where every hero on the planet tried to take on the hulk and was defeated um all right <laughs> The but the rest of the Avengers are not as powerful as the Hulk, it, as World War Hulk clearly showed. Hmm. They are less equivalent uh, to a less equivalent to a pocket nuke and more equivalent to you know a large piece of artillery. Um, and that, the discussion can split to one of two ways there. But I think, I think the best thing to point out is in order to, if some superheroes and the number of superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are growing at an exponential rate, and we're having Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange who are both heavy, heavy hitters coming up, so they'll be active soon. In order to control them, you have to have a squad of, in essence, super-powered police. And that's exactly what we saw in the Captain America movie is what happened when super-powered police tried to shut down a super-powered group of you know, non-conformists. Even Vision, who is supposedly super genius smart and insanely powerful, when it came time to stop two people, Captain America and Bucky, from making it to a jet, decided to cut down an entire tower with his laser beam vision out of the Infinity Stone, causing how many millions of dollars of damage. It doesn't do you any good to say, well, if if everyone were under control of the UN, we wouldn't have battles like this. When Not everyone will be under control of the UN. Not even all the heroes will be under the control of the UN. And you can't assume that the villains will be under control of the UN. Even if every single hero on the planet said, yes, we will sign up with the United Nations, you would still have villains, these battles would still occur, and they would still be just as destructive. The solution doesn't actually solve the problem. It is ostensibly
1: aimed to correct. Oh well, I'm not saying there is a solution to the problem, because to address a few of your points here, first of all, the UN clause is what kept me from fully signing on to Team Iron Man, because I agree the UN is so corrupt and inefficient that they might, not, they almost, they certainly would not solve the problem. They might actually make it worse by keeping the Avengers from going into certain hotspots and averting worse disasters with all the red tape. So I agree well, the UN should not oversee the Avengers. However, can I? There is. I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt you. I'm just going to say one thing quick.
0: To amplify on your point, if, for example, Doctor Doom existed in this universe, he's the sovereign of his own country, as is uh, the Black Panther, Principal Wakanda. And so, if the UN were in charge of this, those two national sovereigns could manipulate uh, alliances in the UN and block the uh, Avengers from going into their countries, even if it was necessary. So I'm right. I'm, just, I'm trying to amplify on your point. I agree with what yeah, you're that's saying.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. However, like you pointed out, um, I'm cynical as to whether there is any stopping this. And that's what vision hinted at. If you follow his argument, he's basically saying that since Tony Stark revealed himself as Iron Man, the number of enhanced humans appearing has been increasing exponentially. So as the appearance of superhuman threats, And the two must inevitably clash, which inevitably leads to catastrophe. And no agency, not even other superhumans, have shown themselves capable of averting that. So the only thing we're left with is a question of sovereignty, as you said. I posit that if we, the citizens of the nations of the earth, are going to have these post-humans duking it out, we should have a voice and we should have a say in it, even if it's just to lodge a futile protest. You know, it's it's that old saw about, you know, the gods tussle. You know, the uh, when the elephants battle, the grass suffers. What about, you know, Joe and Jane average, just trying to send their kids to school, and you know, pay their mortgage, work their day jobs? We should have an ability to. Make a statement or lodge an opinion on this. And the UN is absolutely the wrong organ to do that, but there should be at least something that says, hey, we don't want you guys settling your differences on our soil.
0: I think that it is entirely reasonable for any given nation in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to pass laws that say not a. I mean, if they want to, obviously in China, uh, you're going to have a dictatorship that says to a superpowered person, do what we tell you to do, we'll murder your family, you murder your family's family, we'll murder your entire hometown, whatever. Um, in the United States of America, for example, I think it's entirely reasonable to have a, uh, instead of having a governing body that orders all the supers around, who have Instead, a punishment for supers who you step out of line. I mean, laws that say, look, if you're an enhanced person and you engage in activities which do whatever, I mean, whatever standards you want to use for them, reckless endangerment, you know, we have a equivalent uh, equivalent statutes for driving cars. We have equivalent statutes for firearm ownership where if you are recklessly using your abilities to drive a car, because cars are dangerous, you can do a lot of damage with a car. You can do a lot of damage if you drive drunk. It would be entirely appropriate to have a law that says if you are using your superpowered abilities and recklessly endangering the lives of others, you know we can bring you up in front of a court. We can charge you. We can um, we can lawfully imprison you. And at that point, anyone who uh, anyone who resists arrest. Who resists appearing before a grand jury who resists a subpoena if these are lawfully administered according to the same legal techniques the same rights that apply to every average ordinary citizens then yeah they're you know they're in effect they've become or chosen to become a supervillain.
1: well that's a noble sentiment but there's a flaw in your reasoning which is everything the Avengers and their enemies have done, it was already against the law. So this to me seems to fall into the, there ought to be a law, the Americans want to legislate away every problem fallacy. I mean, they've already committed like assault vigilantism, you know, invading sovereign airspace. I mean, the the list goes on. So, and the problem is a law is really not a law if you can't enforce it. And civil war, as you said, proves they really human law has no sanction on these people. It's impossible to enforce if they don't so want it to be enforced.
0: If the UN can't do it and the local governments can't do it, then yeah. K- uh, Iron Man's plan is entirely invalid right out of the gate.
1: Well, it's invalid only if you measured solidity by utility. There's also just principle. And again, the principle I... I stand by. Is with great power comes great responsibility. You know, if if you have the ability to destroy the North American continent, perhaps the citizens of North America should have a say. If even if it's only there's there's only two
0: ways. There's only two ways for them to have a say. One is either to draft them, that is forcibly induct them into the military. I'm not taking a position for or against. I'm just mm-hmm. listening. To the two ways: draft them and put them under the control of the government or the military or, or the CIA or whomever, or, and I'm just talking about U.S. citizens now, I'm not trying to solve the whole world, I'm just talking about U.S. citizens, sure. or pass a law that if they're not responsible, if they do not behave responsibly, that they get there is a punishment for it. So th- th- those are the only options I can see to uh, any legal options you have, any way for people to have a voice.
1: Right, and... Again, I'm I'm behind that. They, that's that is the prevailing situation already. I mean, we could take it a f- step further, and you know, do what the British government was debating doing to Donald Trump, and just say, okay, the Avengers are banned from country X, and okay, what happens if they, you know, some crisis breaks out there and they go there anyway? I mean, it's basically a paper shield, but at least it is some exercise of you know, popular sovereignty and democratic will. So are, so are you
0: supporting a law or are you supporting uh, drafting them into the, into the government?
1: I'm supporting more of a proclamation because, again, we're just... I am very wary of the accretion of laws. The laws we already have cover this. I mean, they pointed out in the movie, you guys have broken all kinds of laws. You're basically vigilantes. You're private organization trespassing in countries you weren't invited into and yeah you're you are saving people you're causing more good than harm but you're still causing a lot of harm okay so really i'm more addressing the implied premise of team cap which is there should be no sanction on these superiors we should be able to operate fully under our own recognizance and that's a highly unrealistic and irresponsible position considering the empirical evidence of what these people can do. At the same time, you're right, it's a dilemma because, okay, we'll just try and stop us. You can pass all the laws you want. You point out we're already breaking existing laws. So how are more laws going to solve it? So I'm saying the best we can really do is just a protest gesture.
0: So now I would I would lean more towards... There are, if I could take a step back too, the Avengers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe rely on a huge amount of infrastructure and monetary support. It used to be from S.H.I.E.L.D., and then it changed from S.H.I.E.L.D. to Stark Industries, apparently. Uh Follow the money, Um, I see. And so you may not be able to physically capture them, but at the same time, If they insist on acting in violation of the law, insist on acting irresponsibly, you can um, freeze accounts, you can um, invalidate patents, you can seize physical property. There are all kinds of legal maneuvers that can make life very, very difficult for the Avengers. If nothing else, they have to park those Quinjets somewhere and they have to get um, gasoline (laughs) They have to get aviation fuel to stick in them. And those things aren't cheap. And with the amount of wear and tear on Iron Man suits, with the amount of wear and tear on costumes, with the amount of bullets expended, all of that, it requires a significant amount of money, which is a vulnerability.
1: I think you've got it. I I think you put your your finger on it there. Yeah. Freeze Tony Stark's accounts. And and, put uh, sanctions uh, on Wakanda. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and and
0: in effect, what happened is Tony Stark and his Avengers signed up and are under the Sokovia Accords, which I I oppose. I think that a nation-by-nation law enforcement regime is the best, where each individual country monitors their own borders rather than trying to put it under a corrupt organization like the UN that is so uh, vulnerable Mm -hmm. to being gamed. And Captain America's team has fled. In, in the comics, this group was called the Secret Avengers because mm-hmm. in order to fight crime, they had to do it underground. They had to do it in secret. Mm-hmm. The Secret Avengers have, have, have had to flee to a foreign country, which shows that, you know, in effect, whatever policies they put in place kind of worked or might have worked under my proposal.
1: I like it. No, fully agreed. I think we might have solved this one.
0: All right. Well, we are almost out of time. You had a good idea for uh, another topic that we can talk about, not next week, but maybe the
1: week after that. Sure. Okay. Um, and, uh, to remind folks, next week on Friday, so this coming Friday the 20th, we are going to have special guest Razor Fist from the Rageaholic vlog by popular demand.
0: And that's at, again, if, I, if I've got this correctly, 830 new york time eastern time 7 30 central 6 30 mountain 5 30 pacific um raise your fist right here on the gab so uh thanks for tuning in folks
1: any any last words brian yeah i i love to see reason debate work the way it should we each put forth premises and so it modified our opinions and came to a shared understanding. It's it's beautiful.
0: <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks, for turning into geek gab, episode fifty three, Saturday, May fourteenth, two thousand and sixteen. Imagine, just imagine, folks, if Captain America and Tony Stark, if Steve Rogers and Tony Stark had tucked their problems up the way me and Brian have. There might not have been any real, you know, cool movie to watch. So it, it, in retrospect, <laughs> it's better off that they didn't. Amen. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, folks. This has been Geek Gab. Uh Me and Brian, we're signing off. Signing off for now. But don't worry. We
1: will be back.